Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspiratainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Family Wagwan, guys, it's another Sunday. It's your boy Mario Evans, straight from Kingston, Jamaica. Welcome to Jam Rock. And you are listening to episode number 23 of Talk Trot. You don't know already. Today's guest is a very special friend of mine, and she's a talented individual. She goes by the name of Ayana Shade Dixon, aka ASD, and I'll be talking to her about her creative journey as a fashion designer and an illustrator. Really a whole lot of information about the different things she has done to get to where she is and the things that have opened up for chasing her dream. So stay tuned for this episode. But before we speak to Ayana, I want to do some reviews from previous weeks. I have to show some love to some of our listeners. We have a new listener who goes by the name of Nakira N and she gave us a five-star review on iTunes and her review was titled New Listener. She said, I am always in search for a good podcast and I stumbled upon Talk Truth through Tammy's podcast and have been binging. I absolutely love the podcast. It is so informative and inspirational. Thank you. No, Nakira. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for leaving a comment. A lot of people don't do it. I mean, we've been here for what, 23 episodes today? And I am going to tell you how many reviews we have on Apple Podcasts and not for on our iPhone. But when I really go, go down, pound on in a one, two, three, four, five, in I have 11 review. 11 review. I don't have iPhone. Let me leave it alone. Review number two comes from DDI Freckles. I'm assuming that's DD Freckles and it's on Apple Podcasts in Canada. Wow. Thank you for your review, which said, titled Candid, Informative, and Honest. Five stars were given and it says, First heard about this podcast when Mario was a guest on Tammy Tackles Everything. I immediately subscribed and binge listened to all 20 episodes in less than a week. I wanted to be up to date by the time the hiatus was over. I absolutely love the open and inclusive forum that he has created with his guests and I appreciate his willingness to be candid and honest about his journey, sharing the good and the bad. His topics are relatable and he doesn't shy away from discussions that some may find quote-unquote uncomfortable. I love that Tammy was the first guest of this new season. There is a similarity in the open way both share their thoughts and impart knowledge to their listeners. I love how you and your guests talk truth. I'm so looking forward to the new episodes. Um, Thank you so much. Like This kind of review is really intense. You know, like when I water come your eye, it's intense because you wrote not just a couple sentences, but a massive detailed paragraph about your experience through binging 20 episodes. And it means a lot that you're all the way in Canada and listening and that it touches your soul. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ooh, 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 chile. Next up is your nasty answers to your nasty truth bombs. Last week, I dropped my truth bomb. I used to eat matches stick. The cut the top of the matches stick, the sulfur, and God bless my soul, I'm still alive. But let's talk about some of what y'all been eating. 
what, whenever I want to use to eat it. So we have someone who says, I used to eat chalk and sand from the long jump pit at school. Why though? Uh, somebody said, yes, I did eat something strange, but I could tell you, but that's beyond embarrassing. So they didn't share. We have three dirt eaters. One just said dirt. Another said dirt. But the last one said dirt was pretty tasty. But only in Monique. Kingston dirt not so hot. Also, these little green weeds that made my eyes close when I chewed them. Very thrilling. Number one. You have a differentiation between the dirt in Monique and Kingston. That's number one. And number two. These green weeds that you chewed that made your eyes close, I want to know what that is. Because you want to something. We have money in the can. Call me. Let's work on it. Let's work on our project. Very thrilling. Someone else said they ate soap. Like actual bars of soap. Nice. Uh, next one. People won't admit to it, but we all eat our bogo. I don't know if all of we do it, but I know that you do it. And I know who this person is because I got to see who they were. I'm paper and I got sick. <laughs> I wonder how much paper you ate. We have two Milo and condensed milk, which is clearly a trend because this was a Jamaican thing in childhood. I used to actually put condensed milk on hard bread. But one of our Milo and condensed milk persons said, Oh, lie. One was Milo and condensed milk. The other one is condensed milk with bread and Lasco milk powder. Diabetes in your bloodstream. God bless you. The next one is crayon. I hope you had it once. Could I probably kill you? And the last one is the nastiest one to me. And that's gum off the street. And I don't even want to know how old they were. And if this was a thing. Or if this was just a thing. Like a one time thing. I used to do this on a regular basis. The details. I don't need to know. But I'm glad all of you are still alive. Including me. <laughs> Alright, so let's move into this next episode with ASD. It's going to be a good one. So, enjoy and as we talk through. See you on the other side. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Talk Truth. And guess what? I have a wonderful, beautiful and very talented female, a Jamaican female with me. And she goes by the name of, what's your name? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ayana. Ayana, Ayana Dixon. Ayana Dixon. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ayana, I like my guests to introduce themselves because I think they know themselves best. Wow. I um, never really pre-dat still. You never pre-dat? Wow. Um, okay. Tell me a few things. I hate that question about what you do, but we're going to ask you that. Who is Ayana? Who is Ayana? Um, honestly, how I describe myself, I, I think of myself as a good friend. I love, love, love the ocean. I love elephants. Um, I just love give joke and like laugh and just, you know, like positive vibes. Positive vibes. Yeah, the yeah, ocean, yeah, yeah. Elephants. Yeah, ocean, elephants. Friend. Like I love, love, love the beach. A good friend. And yeah, I mean, I also am very creative. I mean, my creativity has um, <clears throat> kind of been channeled into the fashion industry. That's really the focus of my creativity so i've done tons and tons of different jobs in the fashion industry but outside of that yeah just you know i like that you say it's been channeled because it implies that it could be channeled in other places yeah, too man. like you yeah, could man. probably see like exactly if you wanted to you see, know right? like that's what i'm saying right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your background in jamaica um growing up in jamaica where you're from all of these niceness 
Growing up in Jamaica, so um, my parents are separated, right? So I have like two different lives growing up from when I was a kid. Um, first, like I used to live with my dad and he lived in Mountain View area. And like, I guess people would think of that as a bad neighborhood. But I mean, I had just a, such an awesome like house and like time. And um, when I, I think this is also a part of why I'm a beach lover. It's like when I was a kid, my dad would be like, if he can wake up at 4.30, we can go to the beach before school. Oh. And that was before well, cell phone nice times, though. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, that, but that's before cell phone times. So, literally, I'd be going to bed focused on like, you have to wake up at 4.30. Like, you have to wake up at 4.30, right? And then um, I'd wake up and we'd go to the beach in the morning. We used to go out by St. Thomas. Um, I guess because it's like close, close you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. we go to St. Thomas and, you know, whether it's a catch crab or, you know, going to water or whatever it is. But I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I love the beach so much. Like, I just spent so much time there as a child. And my mom loves the beach also. And then my mom, we lived a lot of different places, but... um the most memorable places would have been like Gordon Town and like um, Ailsham. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my background. And they're both very different. One is very creative and artsy. And even though my dad's an architect, um, he's very structured and right. disciplined. So, so your so, mom is the free flow artist. Yeah, the free flow, free spirit. Like, let's just do whatever. And my dad is just like, uh, no, we need to stick to the schedule. Right. <laughs> like, he has a did plan. you do your homework? Like, right. what is the deal um so those are the and both of them are creatives right so my, as i said my dad's an architect and my mom's actually a textile designer so i think um yeah like i'm just a little bit of both of them essentially i mean like i know that you are like both of your parents but right like when you think about it i'm the architecture of fabric which is fashion which is fashion oh, wow. so, that's deep. right that's the that's gonna be a quote by the way <laughs> But you know what? I didn't know this about you because it kind of explains. Granted, I think creativity comes from the person, mm-hmm. but there's often things that influence it. And I didn't know that you had two yeah, creative parents, yeah. one more structured, one more. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'm both nur- nurturing my creativity in different ways. I mean, my dad would always ask me, like, okay, so why did you draw the color, the flower like that? Or why did... And I'm like, what do you mean? I just feel like... Isn't it like... Right. <laughs> this and that is was just, his structure coming But out. that's his structure. You right. know, like, that's how he's thinking about it. That's his also his discipline. Like, why would you... What's the reason behind having, you know, the room facing this direction? Right. You know, like, you he's want to see He's thinking like the, an architect. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you want to see the sunrise or whatever it is. Whereas, like, my mom, as a textile designer, she's just like, oh, that just looks good. It yeah. feels right. It right. looks good. And I think a lot of times, like, I find what I found now for myself is that I'm more like my mom in that sense. So I don't really know the reasons behind a lot of the things that I've been doing. <laughs> when did you... But it just feel right. Feel right. Yeah. So, so you think you lean more to feeling than to structure yeah, sometimes? Yeah, There are a lot of times where, I mean, I know the structural background behind stuff and I definitely believe in doing the research and doing, like, learning. Right. But when it comes to actually putting pen to paper or, you know, cutting the fabric or whatever it is, it's literally... It's I'm, we, I'm I'm just like, okay, well, this feels right. You know, right. like, this is how I feel. Um... And then, of course, I think it's just important as a creative, um, especially having my own business. I mean, I work in my business by myself and then I outsource a bunch of the stuff. But, like, I have, like, key friends who are 
architects or you know photographers who have like the structural background right. or whatever in creativity and you know like know the right terms to say because sometimes I'm just like yo this just don't feel right and like my friends tomorrow will be like oh it's because you know you didn't use the right contrasting green and I'm like okay sis okay. <laughs> and like was I sleeping in that class right. and she's just like right. she's like no but you knew it you just you know like you just never right. like explain it that way exactly. and I'm like okay cool but um, I am very I mean a lot of people think oh you know you have a plan you, you look like you plan and I'm very planny planny like I just love like I love a pen and paper yeah 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 you're a stationary hoarder <laughs> yes I love to write my goals down I love to have a plan but you see when time come to actually execute vibe it's just the vibe it's like okay well this feels right to me and this is what I'm doing take me back to when you realized in your life that this was what you wanted to do you remember that distinct wow. point where I was there I a distinct point for you <laughs> bring, bring it on <laughs> so I think a lot of people think you know, um, oh, you must have always know that you wanted to be in fashion design. Um, I think I think a lot of my friends will say like they knew for me, yeah. and a lot of my family they wouldn't be surprised. Like if they were supposed to say, oh, Ayana always knew what she wanted to be. That like that's not my story. Right. <laughs> that's their version that's their of the story. story. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so when I was in prep school, I used to always uh, my friend and I would always have these drawing competitions. We used to design clothes, right? And like whoever can design the best outfit in whatever time win, right? What's a win? We don't know. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> just cheer for you. It's prep right. school. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a prestige win. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And literally, I feel like the girl used to always win, Amanda. Right. I know we're still good. Yeah. <laughs> she used to always win. I used to be like, oh God, I I'm clearly not as good as I think. I used to be other, good at, better at other things in art class. Right. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then when I was in high school, a lot of people don't know this, but I was a bum, right? I literally was only going to school because my parents were sending me to school. <laughs> my friends were there. Right. Some, and, things, some people to see, things to do. Things to do. I was coasting through. People always said to me, oh, you know, you must be so smart. You went to Immaculate. If you're on probation for like all of the time at the year at Immaculate, <laughs> you're still on probation, isn't it? Like, so you weren't really at school. You're right. You went to a nice school, but you weren't really. There. Right. So literally, even though, I mean, I don't, I don't think I even got like a one in CXC or anything. I got a lot of twos and like people were surprised. Diana, why that's were you on probation? Is that another podcast? That's another podcast. That's right? a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But I so feel people as didn't if, know you were a bum. Well, people in high school knew I was a bum. Yeah. Because the teachers would be like, to my friends, like, don't talk to Ayana. She's not doing, like, right. anything. Like, she's not focused. She's not <laughs> doing her homework. She's not, you know, and it's not that I wasn't trying. It's just, like, I had other things that were going on with me that, you know, like, I just couldn't focus the way, based on how I learned and right. how, you know, like, also, I didn't have, like, a purpose. So, I used to, I got signed to Pulse as a model, and that was my first into, like, the fashion industry side. My mom used to always take me to CFW, and, you know, like, I used to love fashion, like, which teenage girl doesn't love fashion? But she but, used to attend those events because she liked them as well. So, right. So, that was a mom-daughter thing. Right. right. So, we'd always go to, like, CFW or whatever, and then, eventually, I got signed as a model for, model for Pulse, and that kind of gave me the in in terms of knowing a lot of store mm -hmm. owners. So, mm -hmm. I used to do commercial, like, I'm 5'5". Five, five. I look tall and hey. not tall. And, <laughs> and um, literally, so that kind of started my like industry work. And then I just loved it. So I used to even volunteer behind the scenes, you know, to help designers and whatever. And 
so when I failed lower six and upper six, right? My dad was like, yo. What you going to do? I, he, well, he was just like, I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to pay for you to go to school because you said you wanted to the six, lower six. Me and sister meet with you and you say you're doing upper six and, and you, didn't and you failed yeah. both times. So you met me driving traffic. Man, don't like traffic, isn't me? <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, you need to find a job. So I found a job at a travel agency. And then my aunt called me and was just like, yo, there's this course at Edna Manley in fashion. You're always drawing clothes and you always whatever. And even in high school, um, my Super Sweet 16 just came out on MTV. You remember them days? Yes, yes, right, exactly. I, I don't know why I know that, but <laughs> hey, I watch a lot of TV. Right, and... I used to draw like the designs that the girls used to wear and I used to sell it at school for $20 to buy cookies after school, right? Wow. I'm like, oh, you're going to ball? You like that dress? I can draw it for you, you know? Mm. $20. Mm. You're not supposed to sell at school. So mm. any high schoolers, you don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so she was just like, you know, you're always drawing whatever. And I did the course at Edna. So after work, I'd go there after school and do it. And I was good. And the teachers were like, yo, you should go to fashion school. And I was like, you have to tell my dad because... He needs to know because you can't tell him. <laughs> I can't right? tell him. Can he's, not pay for no he's, more school. He's like Worst over me. Right. In Jamaica, creative school. Right. So, you know, like... Would he they, have been averse to creative school though? But no. We're getting as an as a architect, no. Not really. Like my parents... Mm-hmm. And I think this is also a part of the thing, you know, like especially going to um, Immaculate, mm-hmm. which is an academic school. Like they teach you, you know, doctor, right, lawyer, accountant, accountant, Indian chief. Right. Like nobody... High level, high level nobody, Yeah. Nobody's like saying, hey, why don't you become an artist? Yeah. Or, you know, nurturing that side really. Right. So... Um, for me, I mean, all my friends, they either knew what they wanted to be or their parents knew for them. And my parents were like, yo, what do you, you know, like, figure you will out. figure it out. Yeah. And that was daunting Isn't that for a me. beautiful space, though? For I mean, me, retrospectively. No. no, you didn't like it. You, no, you, for you, me, you I feel like, like you were misguided. You know, no, I wouldn't say misguided. I think, I think for me, especially where I was in life at that time. I would have appreciated somebody being like, hey, you know, like you're really good at art. This is what you and should what, focus so what on. So you, what you really needed more was validation though at the time. Maybe quite. But, yeah, but you, quite knew, you, knew, you knew you liked it. So I it knew I liked about, it, but in my head I was just like, am even, I good enough? Well, I wouldn't say am I good enough. For me, I think even though I knew like other creatives that like my mom's friends are creatives, my dad's friends are also like architects or, you know, um, artists that have, you know, big exhibitions in the National Gallery, etc. Like I was exposed to all of that. But I think for me, I was just like, wow, I've never necessarily seen like a rich artist. Right. Or somebody that's super successful off of art. Right. And um, as much as these people are very famous, like, you know, like Jean Pearson is a friend or, you know, a friend of the family and Don Scott, like, Seeing that and seeing that they're not, they don't really have the financial means to do all the glamorous things that the accountants can do. And then being in a school that also tells you, hey, you need to be focused on, you know, whether it's algebra or I don't know, whatever. Right. Like sciences. How do you connect those And I am not good at that. I think, I think. Based on where I was, I mean, also, I know personally that I had a lot of, which is also why I was saying, I don't necessarily know that just my school experience was just me being a bum. You know, like my parents being separated and like their custody battles, that really affected me a lot, right? I don't think, I think I needed more stability as a child than 
what I had. And I know my parents were doing like the best they could for me right. in the situation. Like situation, they gave me right. all the opportunities or whatever. But I think just based on my personality, I just needed more stability in yeah. my younger years. And you couldn't have prevented all the things that were happening around you. They were just happening around you. And that's part of your right. journey, right? So, right. So because of that, I just just couldn't, no matter even if I studied, like... Yeah. I just wasn't doing focus well. Focus was difficult. You know, focus was difficult. And I'm also dyslexic. So that's like another thing. That's like a component. Right. So, you know, like, I mean, in hindsight, like now I know myself. If I was supposed to go to school now, I think and be like, I think if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, I'd be a marine biologist. Interesting. Right? I love, love, love anything and it ties ocean related. To the sea, right? right, exactly. So tell me, so yeah. you completed the course at Edna. Right. Um, and then I went that, away to school. Where you went? So I went to the Art Institute of New York and when I was there I interned with Donna Karan. Okay. Um I interned with Mark Hazel and you know when I graduated Wait, I got move job. Here. What were those experiences like in a nutshell? Like what, what Amazing. Was Just say all right. So two different experiences, right? right? <laughs> um one is like Devil Wears Prada where everybody's dressed up and fancy in and real I, life. I feel like I'm like doing stuff and I'm guessing that's you know, done that's done, all right? Yes. And then the CFO is like I remember, and they're so cutthroat there. And it's not even like personal. It's like they're just trying to get business done. Yeah. So like I was a star intern because, you know, it's like a Jamaican friend of a friend of a friend that was a Jamaican that worked there that gave me the, the opportunity, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm representing my peeps. Yeah. Can't let them down. Let them and like once I found out that I was really into fashion, like I was on Dean's List and Honor Roll, right? So it's like once you find what you're into, right. like your trajectory you soar, yeah. right so when i was there i remember one time like the cfo was just like oh i hope to see you at market week and i was like you know i have exams that week and it's like my final year and she's just like oh well i'll see you you know like because i always used to show up no matter right. what so you'll be there yeah yeah yeah. i didn't show up because <laughs> i had exams right. for my finals right <laughs> my final year <laughs> She didn't talk to me after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. She caught you. Yeah. She was just like, yo, you didn't show up. Like, we needed you and you didn't show up. So they're very intense, but also like the best, like I learned so much. And that department that I was in was in the marketing department at the head office. So then because I'm a design student, I was like, I need to go to the design department because Mm -hmm. clearly like I need that experience too, right? Let me tell you, a totally different thing. Because marketing department, you dress up, they treat you like an equal. They're like, oh, you know, you fix up the spreadsheets. We're sending this to Bergdorf. Da, 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 da. And you feel like, oh, I'm living the best life, right? right? And then you go to the design department. And my first day, the guy was the guy in charge was like, why are you wearing heels? You need to wear sneakers. Wow. And I was like, okay. Sneakers and jeans. You're coming like and the design department is down in the go- in the dungeons, right? Oh yeah, like they had. I mean, the basement. pardon my French, but they had us doing bit work. Like, <laughs> like I was not on the same level of anybody. Right. Like right. I was organizing buttons. I was going for coffee, like towers of Starbucks coffee. Right. I was going to um, like they have a room which was also amazing, even though like a daunting task. They had like a room of every single Vogue. Since yeah. the first Vogue published, yeah. every Harper's Bazaar, every, I think it's in style, and two other magazines from the date, like, and they asked us to put them in chronological Ooh, order. I mean, it, right. Yeah. When I say bitch work, I really beach work, mean yeah. bitch work. But it was also interesting. And I think that also, you know, kind of helped me with my love of illustration. Because before they had photography, 
everything was illustrated, right? And you would have to look in these magazines as you're organizing them. I'm sure you flip through them. Right. Yeah. I even scanned a couple of copies. So like I have one copy of Vogue. I think it's 1921. What? In my, and it's framed in my apartment. What? And it's like an illustration. So people come there like, oh my gosh, that looks like your style. Everybody thinks from them say a, illustri- a fashion illustration. They're like, oh, that's your style. I'm like, no, no, sis. no, 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 no. <laughs> I illustrate, but that's not me. Yeah, that's not me. Right. But like, you know, like just beautifully illustrated work on the cover of Vogue. So um, I feel like that helped me along in my journey. But so I did that and then the economy crashed when I had to apply for jobs. And everywhere that's like Rockaware wanted to hire me and Charles Nolan, who used to design for um, Mrs. Bush at the time. Right. And they wanted to hire me. And I'm like, I'm international. And they're like, yeah, we know you're from Jamaica. And I'm like, yeah, that's extra paperwork. And then Tutu's HR was like, yo, you can only hire an American and you have to hire them by Friday or we're not hiring anybody. Back in, back in that day, did you still have a F1 student visa, which yes. then would have translated to your OPT. You get one year after right. your, the year. And after but, that year, you're done. Unless you get a, right. a job. But it was around that time, right? So they weren't doing it. So they wanted to. But, the, but HR was just like, yo, you need to hire an American by, by Friday or you're not hiring anybody for that the was job. Not that paperwork not gotten by Friday. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't American. So I was devastated. I was like, I don't want to come back to Jamaica. I'm not ready yet. And I've always wanted and to wanted live here. More experience, eh? Just more experience because yeah. I've always wanted to come back here and like have a family here and you know, like I'm Myself. a I'm an island girl. Yeah, man, I'm an island beach. boy too. Yeah. Beach, the half go beach fish, after the closest beach. Stripe, party, whatever. Just Jamaican culture. Caribbean no, culture. No, I'm more just beach. Like beach have to be close to well, the beach. You can live at Barbados then. Yeah. You could. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> that's like but that's them they're, they're, because I used to live in New York, they're too much on island time for me. Right. It's too slow. In New York? No, as in you said oh. Barbados. Oh, Barbados. And yeah. I like to work in New York. That. Surely isn't. Oh, no, no, no. I want to know one more question about mm-hmm. how long was fashion school in terms of years? I think it was three years. Three years for, for really that, for that journey. And then you graduated yeah. with what? It was a degree? Yeah. And yeah. what was the degree in? Yeah, in fashion design. In so fashion design. fashion design. And a component of that was illustration because you like learn illust- how to illustrate as a fashion designer so i don't even have a fashion illustration degree and like now that i'm no. fully into illustration i'm just like damn it i wish i just knew so i could focus more on that because there are just so many things that like i feel as if i could learn well i'm going to ask you down the line if now that you are illustrating as an entrepreneur and creating products that are based on your illustration does it even matter if you had the degree anyway because you're doing it I, you know what i mean i don't think it matters but i feel i feel as if sometimes i think that there's more like your knowledge I, like base maybe would have I been wider. did yeah. I miss something right? like did I miss something do I really know everything that I could know that's have I we, explored this as the, full as possible which is why I said there's there's something good about like the exposure and like having some kind of done some work some background work that's the chicken and the egg there you know because I feel part of us loves the education to have the knowledge but yeah. then again if our minimal knowledge is making us the money. Then, who? <laughs> so then you're not like I guess it depends on what's, what, what you, what's driving you though. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So I want another thing to know. I want to know about your accommodation in, in the States. Because when I lived in the US, mm-hmm. I was in Boston. I lived on dorm for my okay. first semester. Yeah. Then I lived in an apartment with a roommate for the rest of my four years. Uh-huh. Then when I moved to New York, I was with a Jamaican family friend. Okay. These dynamics really affect how you exist in the space. And of course, when you're living in New York and you're broke, 
Mm, I'm gonna go, go have <laughs> drinks with nobody. I'm just everything Listen, free. I'm gonna go park. I'm gonna really I you know, see people. I see people on Instagram now in university and college. I'm like, wow, this is what New York life was like. Was I, it? N- I, no. Not for me. What was what was yours like? <laughs> Honestly, like I was fortunate. Like um, my aunt, my dad's sister, she had like a family home in New York. Okay. So everybody, whoever lived in the states, at some point lived at her house. And I lived there. So you were also catching with family. I was catching with family. Best thing ever because every evening we have Jamaican yeah, food. food. <laughs> okay, I know. That's comforting. No, that's wonderful. It was very, I mean, very, very comforting. And like, um, even my uncle who lived there too, he he was had studied engineering and literally we'd talk about like art and you know architecture and all these different things when i'd come home. And it was just a nice, easy vibe. I, I mean, I'm definitely blessed with like the support that I've gotten from my family in Absolutely. terms of my journey and just affording me the opportunities. I mean, by all means, I think people think that I've come from a wealthy family or whatever. No, that's not, that's not the situation. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the situation, but yeah. I feel like my family has just worked hard to give us opportunities. And us being like all of my, yeah, yeah. And all of like my cousins and stuff. Cause I'm my only child. So I don't have any siblings, but yeah. you know, like they've just worked really hard to try and afford us the opportunities that we needed when we needed them and big up family in the diaspora a lot of you kept us alive amen. can i tell you amen them well, also keep me. some of my jamaican friends alive well, on sunday my friends are like food. he he don't want to come over i'm like yes yeah. uncle made stupies i come in <laughs> trust me if i had known you then i would have been there like a bear like big up my family friend uncle you know can i see that can trust me we never have your yard fully for a year and a half in a new york but i dead straight so i i ended up having to come home after my opt ended what happened after yours yeah i had to come home had to come back i home. had to come back home and i was devastated because i just wasn't ready to you know like I, there was just so much more to yeah. be experienced you know and um even the designer that interviewed me at Rockaware, she was like i don't want you to leave and she she begged them she's like can she be an intern you know i'll pay her out of pocket and they were like no she cannot be like no she won't have way for right this to there's like yeah. no insurance for her because she's not covered by school insurance like we can't be responsible oh, well, for I that there was one legal way you could have got married yeah not you know, on that vibe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you could have got married in a couple of hours. You could have done it Vegas style, run into a little thing and this thing and thing and thing and I papers. Not, yeah, I don't know. My integrity just can't manage certain things. Neither you can know? I. <laughs> so, what was the transition like back to Jamaica? Well, when I moved back home, I think a lot of people were, especially like you know, family friends and stuff, were just like, "Why did you let Ayana do a fashion degree?" Whoa. Like, what's she going to do? What's she going to do now in Jamaica with what the fashion she, degree? Right, what is she going to do? And, I mean, I literally was applying to jobs. And I honestly feel, especially at that time, I think we're a little bit more open-minded. But people would see my resume and say fashion degree and like, oh, she's stupid. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. she don't have no sense. Yeah, what are, <laughs> you, what are you going to make her do? Yeah, what's she, she, what she going to do? Okay, stylist? No. And that so, wasn't even the call center, Daisy. Right. Yeah. So, um... So I actually ran into Novia McDonald White and she, I used to model for her when I used to model for Pulse or So I saw her somewhere and I was just like, hey, you know, um, just start name dropping. I'm like, you know, I interned at Donna Karan. I did this. I'm trying to look for a job. And she's like, oh, just come to the Observer next week. We can find something for you there. And I showed up don't think she thought i don't think she thought i was gonna show up you know right. like because she you, was just saying i just needed a job you needed a job 
So I showed up and I sat down and I, you know, I said to the front desk, hey, you know, I'm here. And she was like, oh, what's your name? Ayano. She called around there. Nobody knows who I am. So I was like, oh, well, you know, she told me to come by, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll just wait. (laughs) Is she going to (laughs) come? I'll just wait. And then eventually um, Roland, who was her um, lifestyle reporter, but like one of her Her main at the time, time, he comes around and he's just like, hi. um." So he recognizes me now because he don't know my name, but he see my face. So he's like, oh, okay, All right, cool. And I tell him and he's like, oh, I'll talk to her. Anyways, I go around there and I talk to her and then I eventually ended up getting a job at the Observer as a lifestyle reporter. Okay, so you're writing now. Writing. And I don't really think I'm a writer. Right. You get me? You (laughs) are now though. I am now. (laughs) And you have a job. (laughs) Right. I have a job and my dad is happy. Right, right. (laughs) And the family is happy that you're doing something. Right. right. Exactly. And um, so I do that for a while and I think that really helps me in terms of... um, People knowing, you know, who I was in Jamaica, because, you know, I work with all the stores. And, and you I meet a lot of people. Meeting mm-hmm. a lot of people. And, you know, you just come back home. And I also, like, when I was in high school, I was a party girl. So now I'm, like, kind of in a different light. Like, I'm a professional. Right, right. You're a professional. <laughs> you got a job. Right. So, um, And I guess you'd people, be at a lot of events and meeting a lot of exactly, creatives and politicians. Exactly. So, and like, just networking. Yeah. Um, so that was a great opportunity for me. And then when Novia decided to bring fashion night out to Jamaica I was like um, the fashion night out assistant so outside of her I was the second point person essentially in terms of like you know getting your store on board like making sure how all many the years stuff has that been around now wow maybe like, a lot like five more than five I think more than five more than five, more now, than yeah. five. Mm-hmm. I would almost say like closer to seven eight years yeah. yeah so like the first couple of years I helped them plan that and that was also great just networking for myself as I did like I I mean at the time I didn't know I was going to go out on my own but you know for me now as a designer a lot of the store owners know me or they they remember me or you know or even if they don't have a store anymore they're just like they can tell their friend that have a store yeah man she's you know like credibility you understand yeah so um that was a great opportunity for me and also just seeing Jamaica and exploring a different side because there's just so many I mean when you're working on a lifestyle that's got you see, so many, things, you see yeah. so many things that you just you may not wouldn't have seen before. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen before. And as much as my father, when I was growing up, used to be like, "You have to read one article from the newspaper every day and tell me about it." I used to hate that. You see, he used to say that to me, and I used to be like, Ugh, "But you I get don't it now." So now I get it. Yeah, I, still I think don't, I'm still I, trying to still, read an article. I still a day. don't I, I suck at it. Yeah, I still don't. Re- I I literally look on Twitter. Twitter yeah. tells me what's happening. <laughs> And it's a shame, but it's the most up to date. Like as it happened, I know, so yeah. I good. But um, just even just the exposure, like there are other things other than like what's newsworthy, like pressing news topics that are happening in Jamaica or in the world yeah. that I wouldn't have experienced had I not been at the Observer. So that was a great opportunity. And then I just decided that you know I'm ready to be a designer on my own so you transitioned from the observer to entrepreneurship right so that was it so that was so like what happened you were you reached, you reached a breaking point did it tell the right article did it tell us to the people no, and you're like screw this I don't know I I can't even remember at that moment what I was thinking but I just said you to myself it in your like, gut. yeah it's just like you know I want to be I'm gonna do my own thing I'm gonna be you know my own brand and then I did that for a couple of months and my dad wait was, wait wait I slap you know because 
what I want you to paint for me is you left Observer to become a, your own brand, mm-hmm. but had you been seeing this in your head? Oh, so, so I used to make so I used to make swimsuits for myself and my friends, and then I also used to. Um, hand paint shirts with my illustrations. So you were doing on this it. on the well, on not the really side. seriously or anything. But yeah. my friends would be like, "Oh, you made that swimsuit for yourself? Like, can you make one for me or whatever?" And you know, like I save up and buy my like one little domestic machine, and I was like trying. So I said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I can do this full time." Yeah. But I think at that stage, I had no idea of what an entrepreneur really does because right. you know I got my stuff in the store, um, OMG. I don't know if you remember that story. It was like oh, a, yeah, tween, was a, a tween. OMG, a tween yeah, store, it was yeah. a tween store. I'm aware of it. Yes, they didn't I used sell to do men stuff. Did no, they? no, yeah, no. But, I but they had like you know they sold my swimsuits and they sold my shirts. So yeah. In my head, I was like, I'm sold in stores. <laughs> like, <laughs> and my dad is just like, yeah, but you're sleeping all day, right? And I'm, he's like, that's not what an entrepreneur does. And at the time, I was just like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And um, so, anyways. Then one of my teachers from Edna Manley days, I saw him somewhere and he's just like, you know, I have to leave my job at JBDC. That's Jamaica Business Business Development Development Corporation. He's just like, you know, I feel like you would, you want a job. I feel like you'd be good at the job. And I was What was his job? So his job, his title would be fashion designer at JBDC. Mm -hmm. But he used to do handholding for people who want to be a part of the apparel industry, as well as teaching workshops. He's just like, you can do that. You are like, you, I'm going to give you this job. So he called and he was just like, you know, this, I, I taught her. She went his way to school. Like, she's the person for this job. I have to leave. Blah, blah, blah. Then I got the job. So I had my business, quote unquote, because <laughs> it wasn't really a business. Right. Then. <laughs> but it was a few, a few items in OMG. Yeah. But hey, yeah. you were in stores. Yeah. I'm so, I'm a Yo, designer. Yo, it's a step so doing that when I joke. It's a big step. It's a big step moving from... I don't have no money though, but but you made a step. <laughs> so then I did that, and then I was at JBDC, and I really, really liked working there. Like I really, I know I was afforded um, opportunities that everybody doesn't don't have access. The average Jamaican wouldn't have access to those right. types of opportunities. So I, you know, I was very happy to give back and do hand holding and give advice and stuff like that. And um, I can't remember how long I had that job. I'm really bad with years, yeah. but um, let's say three years at least. And a part of me just started to feel because what I used so I also used to teach at Edna Manley now mm, yeah. at their extracurricular, the same activity that I went to right. when I just just left high school right and so I used to teach um Student illustration there teacher. right yeah. <laughs> and um so I used to so I used to wake up at like really early to get to work then I would leave work early and teach and then I'd come home and do ASD stuff all night right and for people who don't know her brand is ASD oh, sorry, which yes. stands for Ayanna Shade Dixon it's my initials so um, first middle and last name ASD. Yes, actually, did you know that? I knew it was Ayanna Dixon. I didn't know. What, I didn't know what the S was for. Ah, uh, yes, Shade like the singer. Shade, and it's spelled the same way. Yes, yeah. the same way. Yeah. Um. So, so my schedule is very hectic from the get go, but but I was always able to manage and I was always energized and stuff like that. And I guess over time, I just started feeling exhausted. Like 
I felt like JBDC, not targeting them clearly, but I just felt like the environment wasn't stimulating me like how it once stimulated you my creativity. You were doing this and Edna at the same time? You were teaching, doing, yeah. You were doing JBDC and Edna right, together? Right, so I teach okay. in the evening. Right. And then I'd go home and work on ASD until like 2 o'clock in the morning and wow. then sleep. But I always had the energy to do it. I was always motivated, whatever. And then after, closer to the end of my time at JBDC, which is why I realized that it was just time to go for me. Um, like I just didn't want to do anything after work i was just so drained right. after being at work you know for whatever reasons like nothing specific so motivated, to them but, but this is more like energy levels now because you spread thin right yeah. so now i was just realizing that i really can't do any asd work when i get home you know and i was just like you know it's either jbdc or my brand and i was just like well I'm choosing I, my brand. I'm choosing my brand. Yeah. And I remember my friend Omar was just like, you need to save money before you quit your job. And I was like, I'm going to send him a resignation. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm like, ASD is going to die if I stay here. Like, I'm just not going to have any passion. I'm not going to have any energy. I'm not going to have the drive. And I just need to focus on what I need to focus on. And I'll figure it out. I have to ask you this question now because I don't want to forget. Um, What you just described is a very big hurdle for a lot of creatives. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the journey is identical for each creative. No, it's not. But it was an all or nothing decision. And you went with your gut Mm -hmm. to choose your brand. Yeah. Do you have any regrets at this point looking back for doing that? I don't have any regrets. But I mean... I know that my way of doing things don't work for everybody, right? I'm very like, I will decide to do something and I will know the risks and I will still just make that big jump. Based on how you feel. Based on how I feel. Um, I feel like, I can't remember when it was. Before, right, so before I had my 9 to 5 at JBDC, my dad actually kicked me out, right? A lot of people died. This is the first time I'm telling like the public yes so i was kicked out for like i wouldn't say the whole year i'll forget to tell you about mission catwalk i know we didn't get so, there. Was, was no the, but was that the, was before jbd was the kick out um with it an intention to, to 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 foster independence I did do something bad. You were on probation. I feel like I was on probation. You did do something bad. Uh, yeah, he was. He was over you in that <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. My dad is very all about tough love. Like, yeah. and I think also, um, I am very. And sometimes I need tough love, even though I don't love it. Right, I can't believe right. I'm going on record it. to yes, say this. Yes, on record. Lord. Uh, look here, any man we meet Ayana, don't give her enough tough love. Yeah, treat her good. Jesus. Jesus. I'm tell you, treat her nice. Jesus. This is not an invitation for you to tough love her. <laughs> Disclaimer out, yes. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so basically, before, all right, so after I left my 9 to 5 at Observer, my aunt Colin was just like, yo, there's a show that's going to be a film at Edna Manley. And she's just like, you know, you could win. It's like Project Runway, blah, blah, blah. You should do it. I was like, I'm going to cry on TV. I was like, I don't want to cry on TV. Because so, <laughs> so, that's off, right? So to break it down, um, Jamaican Project Runway, a.k.a. Mission Catwalk, is a bunch of designers enter a competition to win. Right. And to win, win money, money and prize and like so machine and, you know, different stuff. Which would be great for ASD. Right. So go for it. So... Yeah, so <laughs> when she told me that, I called my dad. I'm like, yo, auntie called me and said this. He's like, you're going to cry on TV. I said, yes. Did daddy know you? I'm like, I don't want to cry on TV. And this TV. is because you get judged by a series of judges who can sometimes be a little bit yeah, brutal. But uh, not even just that. It's like, 
I am very, I'm sensitive. I don't right. think I'll, I think some people know that. And like, if you follow, have followed me, like you probably seen me cry in public before. Like, right, right. I haven't seen you yet. I have, I have oh gosh. You have never I? see, you Maybe never I see did. when I win the first global grants and I'm like bawling, holding a check. Worst picture ever. Right. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> I mean, needs that cry picture. But I was just so happy. Yeah. Like if I'm too far on a spectrum, if I'm too happy or I'm too sad or angry, I'm crying. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, happy, yeah. sad, or crying. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Happy crying and sad crying. <laughs> <laughs> not like it's uh, not either or. Crying on the crying spectrum. On the, on the spectrum of emotions. <laughs> if I'm too close to a one, which would be let's say we're gonna say that's like a negative emotion, right. I am probably right. crying. Right. Because, because of the negative and if emotion. We're close to a ten, and which if is we're a positive. What? Crying. Yep, crying as well. Cry. And I, when I say crying, I mean ugly ugly yeah. cry. You get me? So People have, so I'm sensitive. So my dad knows me and knows I'm sensitive. So he's like, but anyways, I just, I think about it. And I said to myself, I actually was, I think, I can't remember when, but I was in Miss Jamaica Universe. And I feel like when an opportunity is good, even if I don't think I'm ready for it, I'm like, hey, this is a good opportunity. Like I can learn, I can gain, blah, blah, blah. So I actually um, said, all right, cool. And the day that I went to, so <laughs> when I went to Mission Catwalks auditions, right? The room was full. Everybody auditioned. I sat in the back. I'm like, da da da. I don't know if I'm doing this. Yeah. I'm just here just in case, you know, like I it, feel the vibe. Right. Right? I might submit the paper. I might, or I might just sit down there. The room is like now empty. And I think it was, I think it was Carlton that came, Carlton Brown that came over to me, or maybe it was Kenya. And they literally came over and were like, hey, so you've been sitting here like, are you going to apply? I'm like, I'm not sure. They're like, oh, well, let's see your stuff. And I was like, this is what I did. This is blah, blah, blah. And like, no, man, you're good. You should. And I think it was Kenya. She was like, come tomorrow. We start filming the first, first thing tomorrow. If you come tomorrow, you get a spot. If you don't come tomorrow, it's cool. Is right. And for all y'all, Carlton Brown and Kenya Linton are two popular Jamaican designers. And like they were big, be behind the time. show. They were actually the judges. Right. Argued, so, so. so even like. But as like a young, young Juby coming up, Juby. right? <laughs> like it was just like, wow, you know, like Carlton Brown and Kenny oh, Linton. They're still a like, big deal. And they, wow. they, they validated you in the moment. So. so they were like, come tomorrow if you want to. If you don't want to, it's cool. No pressure. So thought about it. Like you win money. You win sewing machine. I didn't have money. I didn't have sewing machine. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try. You know, like I'll try. And as I said, if, if ever in life you are presented with opportunities yeah. that like might not necessarily go toward like you might be afraid or whatever it is like it's just so important to just try yeah because you literally life-changing opportunities so mission catwalk hardest thing i ever did cry on tv ball I like just like broke me down in so many different ways and i think a part of it for me was um there's like the internal struggle was like like was i good enough like, you know, I was on Dean's list and on a roll in, in school, school. But it's a competition but, now. but this is real life. Yeah. Like, can you really sew for a real life person? Because when you're sewing for a dress form, you know, or the teacher is telling you what to do, like, you can regurgitate that, like, right. easy. But can you apply it to real life? So, yeah. and this would be my first stepping out, applying that to real life, By the you way, know? how did you place? So I came second. And this is like, so hardest thing I ever did in life, but most, one of the most rewarding, like yeah. one of the best things that ever happened to me up until last year. Um, I feel like being in Mission Catwalk, I came second. 
but I also got a chance to show at Miami Beach International Fashion Week, wow. which for a small designer is a big like deal. a big, a huge deal. Um, you know, I got to show at Miami, like that's an international fashion week, right? I can't afford to do that now, even though I'm not as in the beginning stages of a business as I once was. I still can't afford to do that now because you have to pay to be a part of the show. You have to fly yourself there. You have to style. You have to this. Da, da, and you that was one of the prizes? No, that was actually the finale. So right. me and Shanna Carby, she came first. We both, that we had our final showdown at Miami Fashion Week. And um, so, as I said, internal struggle as well as external struggle. It's just like, you know, it's a competition. Like, do you deal well with pressure? I don't. <laughs> do you deal well with public criticism? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like all of those different components. But I grew so much. Yeah. So, so much. Like, so much from that. And that also gave me an idea. I said, you know, I want to be kind of um, the Caribbean version of Donna Karan. When I came out on the other side, I was just like, you know, I want to be luxury. And like my collection that I had done was kind of luxury Jamaican. Like if you look at the pictures from it, it was that kind of vibe. But at the same time, I mean, that was just a like a huge stepping stone. A lot more people knew me now as a designer yeah. as opposed to like the reporter from the lifestyle. You definitely list, right? have, have become a, a local household name and I'm sure internationally as well. Right. Well, I don't well, want to say internationally, you know, I, but... You I know mean, what I want you to touch on for me, Ayana? Nice. I want mm-hmm. you to quickly touch on some of the big things that choosing your passion have brought to you. I believe you were a Scotia Vision Achiever and you said yeah. something about First Global, I check. Yeah. So touch on some of those things that in the pursuit of this journey, you took the opportunity again and you followed through and you ended up succeeding. Tell me about some of those. I think it's just, well, some of the opportunities. Um, I, As I said, like one of the things that I've just always, like just a part of who I am, I guess my DNA, is just like when I see a good opportunity, I go for it, right? So um, I... I will always take the risk if I think there's a possibility that I will win and stuff. And so because of that, I have literally like, so when I was starting my business, after I started my business and I was like, oh, I'm still in stores and I wasn't making any money. I realized that as a creative, we don't, we're not necessarily business savvy. So I said, okay, well, I need to go towards becoming business savvy so i went to like um i signed up to be a branson entrepreneur and i did their training and then scotia bank had their vision achieval um course which is um action coach training so i had that also because i feel as if jamaicans we're just as just as people we're so creative but we don't necessarily have the business side right, and right. savvy to be able to make the most of and make it our, scalable and make it right more so productive, yeah. so those were the opportunities that i took um collection mode i had a moda grant yeah and i applied for it and with despite i mean i think a lot of people think oh she doesn't you know she don't have anxiety and nerves oh yes there's lots of that and there's lots of tears also right (laughs) but i just try to do my best and literally i have a friend i said to him like i'll be freaking out like oh i'm doing this thing and i'm just so worried and he's just like yo if you're crying about it i know that you've done like You've done everything that you can do. Here we are in this your, crying yes. spectrum again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, I know, say it good. If you call me and you're just like, yo, you know, say I do X, Y, Z. 
and you're not like in tears, like thinking it's like going to be the worst thing ever. He's like, that's when I worry about you, you know. So um, just always putting yourself out there in for opportunities, you know, like if you see somebody and you say, um, everybody started where we are, yeah. you know, or where you are or, you know, at the beginning, nobody, very few people started out with you know, the fame and the glamour and the opportunities that they now have. So everybody knows what it's like to start there. And you need to just believe in yourself. Or even if you don't fully believe in yourself, have people around you that believe in you and yeah. support you. Because fortunately for me, I've just had a lot of people who are just like, no, man, you can do it. I believe in you. Like, don't worry. I'll sit on the phone while you cry. Just go on sort of thing. You know, like, right. yeah, I've just had, still there I've had like, in your really pe- like, yeah. yeah, people who are just in my corner, just, you know, like, just holding space for me when... The self-doubt was was, kicking, was in. kicking in. Even though, like, in my heart, I'm like, I can do that. But then, there, you know, there's always that there's little always voice. There's always that imposter syndrome. Like, that other yeah, person, that's like, yeah. you can't do that. But you I, sure I what, can do what that? I love about your journey is that um, it the underbelly of it is a passion for what you do. And also, there's a fearlessness. And I don't know if you see it as fearlessness, but I think sometimes the passion drives the fearlessness. The fear. Yeah. So you want the business to grow. You want it to be ASD. And then you see an opportunity and somehow you convince yourself to take it, even if you're afraid. Yeah. My journey was very similar. So I can relate. Yeah. yeah. And no, a lot of people may not know this. Like I know, I've known you for a while and I did not know all of these little pieces. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I hope creatives who are listening really will understand one universal flow, following your gut. Yeah. Um, believing in yourself. And taking opportunities when they arise, when they can elevate your thing to yeah. the next level. Even if you don't think you're ready, because you will grow so much from trying to be ready exactly. for the opportunity. Um, and not to mention the opportunities that didn't seem aligned. Like yeah. being a writer, um, yeah. organizing Vogue. Honestly, like there are just so many jobs that have helped me become who I am now without even being necessarily a hundred percent fashion jobs right like especially like when i was kicked out there were just so many little things that i just did i was just like yo hustle on my name you know i'm jamaica and like yeah i can do that i can do that job and what were that, some of the kick out hustles well for one thing like i had a small sewing machine but i never i just never love doing promotion clothes right because right. for I like mean, the promotion girls yes, at the parties in my right? head i'm just like well first of all when you when you go to school in New York and you know the real fashion life, like you kinda snobby in the beginning <laughs> stage, right? But you know, like life has a way of humbling you. <laughs> so <laughs> So anyways, I was like, I don't want to do promotion clothes, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And literally a link up with me in events and they're like, Hey, you know, like we want you to whatever, like make some clothes. And anyways, like Solo, Solomon Sharp, he's the owner of main events. And like, there are just so many people who have helped me along the way. Like literally Solomon Simeon, he's just like, tell me about yourself. Like him just see me like working with the other young ladies that work for him. He's just like, tell me about yourself. Started to tell him and he's just like, so you want to sew? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I need another sewing machine, blah, blah. He's like, you can't have... You don't have no sewing machine? You don't have... He's like, don't worry, man. You want to buy a new sewing machine? Like, literally that whole summer that I was kicked out, like, every single job main event get. You were the one that designed. Solo was like, Ayana. Ayana's going to do it. She, Solo she, feed you like, for a year? Bro. Well, one of the people. Yeah, like, but that's like, and I didn't love it. But? But the opportunity was there. 
And also just, I think there's power in being vulnerable with people. I think a lot of people, I mean, just based on my personality, I am very, like I will share with you once I think you will hold a safe space for me. And I will tell you the truth about the situation. I'm not going to be like, oh yes, you know, like everything's perfect. Right, it's right, not. Right, it's, it's not. not. And it's never. Being an entrepreneur is not no. glamorous. It is not. Like there's sometimes where people are like, oh, why don't you post this more? And like, I just like, I just not in a good mood. Like right. I am I not. I don't feel to do it. I'm not posting nothing if I don't genuinely feel. You know, like I'm not just. Oh yeah, well I have to post something today. Like no. no yeah. If the vibe not there, if I don't feel the good vibe, it may not happen. It, yeah. it just probably won't. And you happen. may not get it, but that's what's going on. But um, but it's just important to be vulnerable, people, because I feel as if. Like solo, I kind of just shared with him like what was happening in my personal life. So this is like a random man that I've never met don't before. Know him, don't yeah. know, but he was just like, no man. He's like, you know, definitely. And like he, I guess he saw that I was hardworking and all these things. So he was just like, no man, definitely, Ayana, go and get these jobs. And and in the same breath, when people give you opportunities, it's also important to like give thanks. Yeah, and just gratitude like for gratitude it. for mm-hmm. it. So like one of the things that I did, I think it was my thirtieth birthday, no thirty first. Um, like I did, I, did yeah. <laughs> I look young, yes. <laughs> but um, I think it was my thirty first birthday. I I did like thank you cards for all the people who helped me like become who I am now, and like I wrote them like a note just saying how much I appreciated their part in helping me get to where I am. Yeah, and I just think you know people are willing to help you. If they can help you, you understand, like, they might not help you in the way you think you want to be helped. Like, clearly, I did not want to do promo clothes. But you get me, like, I saw the opportunity and I was just like, I can can go with this, you understand? And And that helped feed me for, like, a good couple of months. Right. You understand? And I ended up buying the sewing machine that I needed. So, you get me, like... It's a beautiful reminder, too, that when you think that you're underground, doors will open up for you. And, you know, there's this feeling we have. We really are afraid to take plunges and risks because we think that the world is going to shatter and crumble around us when a brand new world could open up that right. you never Opportunities saw. Opportunities that you never, ever thought of. you weren't of. open to seeing them. You weren't open to seeing them. I think also... Um, and the hunger of rock bottom is real too. So real. Yeah. Like, if you If you have no food, comfort, yeah, yeah, you will find a way to Which find is also why I've just always been... Like, I think a part of my journey has been like, I just always take the leap. So like, even when I left my nine to five at JBDC, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. My friend was like, you need to save. I'm like, nah, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to figure it out. And that might not work for you. Yeah. But like, especially having been kicked out, like I never have anywhere to go or whatever. At least I didn't want to go and tell like, okay, can I stay at your place or whatever? You know, like I wanted to figure it out on my own. So, because I didn't have that kind of security. I'm like, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen to me if I quit JBDC and, right. you know, like, oh, I don't have somewhere to live again. I've done that already and I've survived. Wow, <laughs> like, yes. So, like, I am going to go and, like, figure it out. So, that's kind of been, like, I've just been the type of person to just jump off into the deep end and that works for me, but I know that doesn't More work for, for everybody. everybody else. And I'm still a big planner, so even though I'm winging it, and it looks like I know everything. Yeah, like we're still figuring stuff I'm out. I'm still figuring things out. People ask me questions. I'm like, I, I have no know. idea. Yeah. 
I mean, it sounds deep when you say it like that, but it really wasn't that right. deep. I just was like, yo, my gut is telling me that choose this one and not that one. And it was that simple. Yeah, it's not deep. It wasn't that deep. I you can know? relate to this. Yeah. Ayana, tell me a bit about the brand now. So tell me the range of products that you offer. Tell me what you're doing now. And then tell me about... If you see a future Boy, in another this is space. So many questions. I know too. I will back up. <laughs> Range of products now for ASD. Okay, so ASD is a lifestyle illustrated brand for women, right? And my whole thing is just like empowering women one illustration at a time. So my products are supposed to be uplifting, positive, um, you know, the the age old scene, like, you know, representation matters, you know, trying to have different skin types, um, hair types. You know, body shapes, United all colors, of every, Ayana. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know if other people going to get a reference. No, you think so? Maybe <laughs> if they're old, <laughs> if them old, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so that's representation matters, and I guess also speaking to like that insecure girl that was in high school that was thinking, wow, you know, like everybody's going through like I'm going through this thing and nobody understands and it's just about which is also why I think I'm very open and sharing when people ask me stuff it's like I feel as if if we all share our stories and share experiences we'll realize that we're not that different different we are not that different so um so my products are really about like uplifting the female spirit and just kind of saying like you can do anything you yeah. want to do, whether it's, you know, a non-traditional female job or whatever it is. And just like nice products that are cute and functional. <laughs> I mean, and at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Things and need to be cute and functional. Of course. And um, also backing things that I believe in. So like we have reusable bags and totes that yeah. are, you know, like environmentally I, I'm, friendly. I'm environmentally conscious, mainly sea conscious. But yeah. I mean, I care about the environment totally. But the ocean I think you're is going my... to become a marine, marine biologist in the future. You know? I would, but I don't know if I'm ready to go back to school yet. <laughs> As you speak I about would. the future, though, um, do you have any future plans for ASD right now? Well, right now, I've just been kind of intentionally setting my goals for ASD this year and like trying to see what I can come up with in terms of new products as well as like making my old products better. I mean, I produce everything in Jamaica. I believe in Jamaica 100% and I just, I think it's just important to kind of support local in as as much as I can and um, trying to figure out what the best way is to do that because I mean everybody's like oh you can just go to China and do stuff but there are people here that do good work that can you know so that's really the focus I Mm. want you to tell me a little bit quickly about goal setting goal setting so and that's just because you were someone who based on your description in high school, you were, you know, right. not, not, not as focused. Um, you can but say it's a bomb. It's no. Okay. <laughs> but, but as you progressed along the lines, you really developed a uh, love for what you liked and found and forged your path. Um, now you're a goal setter. Yeah. Um, tell me what that's been like. For me, it's been just trying to be intentional about also who I'm becoming mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like what I'm putting out into the universe and in the world. And you know, just trying to achieve all the things that I want to achieve. It's just important to write eight goals down. Yeah. That's the first thing. But I also have like vision boards and, you know, like exacting the the experience that I want to have or whatever. So I don't know if you know, last year I went to India and that was, has been like a lifelong goal for me. And that has been on my vision board for a very long time. How did you make it happen? Honestly, <laughs> who winging it again? <laughs> 
so um i've always wanted to go and there will be tons of times where my friends are like hey you know let's go to xyz and i'm like no i'm going to india i'm saving money i wasn't really saving my money i was saying that i was going to india but i just you know like in my head i was just like he can't afford to go to that and india but at the same time i wasn't actually really, making really the making, steps right right so anyways last year i saw the opportunity um a tour company also trinidad was actually like they were actually um they had like an ad to go to india and i was just like oh this is the time this is the moment so like in the beginning when i reach out to them they're like hey we already started taking deposits and stuff but you know like whenever you're ready to jump on board right i never had a dollar at that point and this is like the beginning of last year and i went to india in september and the girl candace she was just like she's just like i feel like you're going calm though so i'm not worried right it's she's just happen, like yeah. it's gonna happen like i know that you're coming to india with us and she's like whenever you have the money you can just so I was like, I had all these plans. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I could do this and I could do that. And a couple months in well of the year, I still haven't done anything. And it's like that fear, you know, it's like that fear of like saying to yourself, well, can I really accomplish this? Suppose I can't accomplish this. Like, and it was just kind of making me not do anything. And then after a while, I was just like, you know what? I really want to go to India, you know, I want to see elephants. That's like being my life. Your world, goal. right? Right. Yeah. And I just set out uh, literally all the opportunities that came away, even things that I wouldn't traditionally do, like because I have an illustrated line now, there are some types of jobs that are fashion based that I wouldn't necessarily take because I'm just trying to streamline right, and the types of the things that you really want and to be do. focused, yeah, right? And people come and ask me to do things. I'm like, yes, I can do that. How much money? <laughs> like, right, right. You, you understand? Like any opportunity. And like, them. you see, yeah. like when you have a goal, like, if there's a will, there's a way. And yeah. that's so true. You know, like, of course, there'll be obstacles. There are obstacles for everything in life. There's obstacles. You know, everything in life is hard or Which challenging. Which is the importance in some of writing way. it down but, and, and putting right, it down and in saying, And what are the form? steps that you plan to right. take? And also, I did like a spreadsheet. I became like just doing spreadsheets. Okay, this is how much I want to make. And I did like a breakdown. I'm like, okay, so well, if I'm selling by then, yeah. how many of these? All right, now I need to start. And what I realized is um, kind of like, the I don't know. I think we were talking about the era of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Yes. Like that resonates so much with me because it's like once I started saying kind of yes to the opportunities that were coming my way, but more importantly, like, like I was coming out of my comfort zone by just saying to like people, yes, okay, well, this job. It's not a job that I would regularly take, but I just grew so much. I became more assertive in terms of just, you know, putting ASD out there and myself out there in terms of job opportunities. Like I message all my clients. I'm like, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. Are you interested? Whereas usually I would just wait around wait for until them somebody hits you un- up, right? until they hit a me proactive up. Approach. And even like some of my clients were just like, oh my gosh, you know, I wanted to message you. I'm so happy you messaged me. You know, I wanted this, blah, blah, blah. Do you have this in stock? Also another so, awesome lesson, yeah, in business. So, yeah. Right. So, so, what I realized is that I started coming out of my comfort zone a lot more. So, that experience for me was not only just super duper rewarding because I got to go to India and I got to see my elephants. Literally, best day of my life. Yes. I'll ball. <laughs> of course you did. I was balling. I was like, this is the best day ever. But it really, it, it, it really, really pushed your boundaries. It really, but yeah. I think also, you know, like I was able to do it by myself. Yes. 
yeah, and which is amazing. there's like now as and you know like as a creative you have this oh i'm a starving artist like a little voice in yeah, your head so how am i Even gonna go to india right yeah. how am i going to be able to afford this i want to go brazil and i don't know but yeah and but you're Margo, and, but you're not a starving artist not starving. even though but in your head you have that little voice that's saying are you sure i'm a you starving really? doctor singer well Ish, that's kind of not really uh, but yeah uh, bag of things this and, is it but, but but guess what we can go but you can yeah and i you will can, and you will and it might not come out like turn out to be exactly how you envisioned it. you envision the journey but, but you will end up there I, I know and you have to be open to whatever opportunities will come because even like there were sometimes i was just like general star i'm like i don't think god want me to go india in a car it just not working out and so and many then, people along the way were just like i don't know if you don't go to India this trip, you're definitely going. Like, something going work out. Like, somebody going call you and be like, hey, you know, say I have this trip to India for like some work, something, can you come? And it's probably not going to be how you think it will turn out, but it will happen. So like, it's just important to write your goals down. I like to do a vision board. So I get like really strong images of what's, I would like represented um, on the things that I would like to do. So like for this year, I don't know if I'll actually do it this year, but I'm planning to go to Cuba and I want to salsa in Cuba. So I have like a pretty picture Cuba of like on my list Cuba yeah. and then I have this salsa girl that looks like a salsa star. In right. my head, I'm a salsa star. Right. I'm like intermediate beginner level, right. right? So I have this and I'm planning to do an outfit too. So I look like a salsero when I'm in Cuba, right? But that's the vision for my Cuba trip. Oh. I might not do that this year because also there are other things that happen along the time so like for example your goal might be i want to go to cuba this year but guess what you might end up going early next year because other opportunities Popped have up, come up right that pushed that, it back a little that bit that pushed it back a little bit and it's important not to like beat upon yourself and be too rigid about the plan right yeah you have to be flexible you have to keep the space you have to remember i mean if you're really just, you just have to believe that God wants you to, you know, like have all your dreams fulfilled. Or if you're not, you're just more spiritual. You know, the universe has you back. Yeah. And you just kind of have to focus on, I'm going to India. What does that feel like? What does that look like? Well, just imagine you being there and you will find all these opportunities along the way that will be like supporting that dream. Yeah. You know, and that's just what's important. I, I think I'm very full of winging it though. <laughs> winging it with a plan, right? I like that. Winging it with a plan. That's going to be a quote too. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, as we get come close to the end, I want to take you into rapid fire question section. Ooh. And my first one, some of your favorite books. Favorite books. Um, the Year of Yes. Yeah. I love that. That resonates a lot with me. Um, even though I've never read the book, I just watch a movie. Eat, Pray, Love. I love that. I feel as if I'm, those two books are so me like in terms of just like the soul searching and like the quest for more and like how can i become better and that journey of becoming the better version of myself i feel like that's what i'm on right now i also really really loved um know your value i think it's a super important book who's that one um mina brzezinski Uh she is on morning joe okay she's really just talking and it's really a book geared towards women but i'm sure men can get like, value get from value it, from it. Yeah. and basically what that's about is just um knowing your worth in terms of making business in you know like 
you know, whether it's negotiating your pay or your salary and contracts and stuff like that. Right. And knowing to ask for what you want and kind of how to do that. So what I really love is that it has the audiobook and she's talking about her personal experiences. So it's her voice and it's nice. So, right. It's very, very cool because she's talking about like she's also interviewing her friends who are also famous people and talking about, OK, well, in this situation, this is what I should have asked for and I shouldn't have asked for that. And I should have, you know, like most men. And it's just, it's so interesting because she does like a study of like men and women in the same industries and how men will just be like, you know, this is how much I'm charging. And they'll, they're willing to walk away. Whereas women are like, oh, okay, well, if that's what, you know, like yeah, if you can I'll, afford I'll that, discount, yeah. that's okay. I mean, like I want a job because, you know, this is, has been my dream or even like just small things is just like same. So when I have a meeting with someone and it's a great business opportunity for both of us, but, you know, women will, are more likely to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so happy for this opportunity. Thank you so much. Even though we've, this, we're bringing value to both of us, right? Yeah. To the, to the male or the other person, it seems like, hey, I'm doing her a favor. Right. It's just like the per- small thing. perspective, yeah. It's an interesting perspective because there are lots of things that women do that kind of on the hand or value without even realizing it. Interesting. So so for women who may not be aware that they're doing it, this book might kind of make you be like, oh, crap, yeah. this is what I've been doing all along. Yeah, I mean, it was like an oh crap moment for right. me. I mean, there's so many things because I'm very like, I like to be like gracious and, you know, oh my gosh, thank you but so you much. But you never thought of it as but it I being never underselling it. yourself. Yeah. Right, because then in the future, they're just like, well, I'm doing, you know, that. Yeah. In the back of their mind, subconsciously, there's something that's saying, oh, well, you know, like, I am doing you a favor yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. so grateful and no, gracious. They're, they're, they're there's nothing wrong, for your service, right, yeah. there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, like, this is going to be a great opportunity for both of us. Right. Which is also saying kind of the same thing. Just in a different when, way. But yeah. in a different way, as opposed to saying, hey, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Like, it's going to be so great, that kind of thing. You don't want to put yourself right. in. So that was eye-opening for me. And of course, I love Michelle Obama's Becoming. I haven't listened yet, but I'm going to. Oh, I hear it's good. It's yeah, good. It's good. It's, it's, good, it's good. So those are like so my, my favorite, favorite. Right? Um, Tell yeah. me your favorite designers. My favorite designers. Oh, you know, right now, I feel as if I'm really loving a lot of illustrated designers. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there is this lady, I mean, her stuff are very bright and bold and it's not illustration like my stuff. Um, Lily Pulitzer, mm-hmm. um, I actually have one of her dresses and when I wear it, it's just, it's honestly, it looks very gaudy when you're looking at it. But when I have it on, it just feels so bright and like, <laughs> I feel so nice. And it's just an illustrated brand and like they have different illustration prints and they have it on everything. And it's like very festive, like Miami, think Miami, right, like the right. old days, like bright colors and just fun prints. I love that. Um, I also just, I mean, there are tons of... I actually really love Janelle Jolly's stuff. Mm-hmm. As a local designer, mm-hmm. she's definitely a fave. Like, I've seen her like stuff, Like, she... Yeah. I just love how she mixes prints. And I, I tell her every time I see her, I'm just like, I literally could never. I love that supporting <laughs> us. All right, Soka or Dancer? Soka. Okay, that one or, was easy. Or me, no. But then I do love old dancer. Like, not old, old. You love you music, damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do, I do. Searching for love or comfortable being Well, actually, so interesting. This year. <laughs> well, this, this is a personal question. Woo. Yeah, so interestingly, this year I just decided that 
um, at least for the first six months of the year, I'm just not interested in dating anybody. Great. I'm working on myself and I'm working on ASD, and that's the focus for the first six months of the year. And then, we'll see what I, and then I'll see if I'm gonna continue for the whole year or not. But that's that's the vibe right now. My last question for you is: if you were to speak to any young male or female who maybe wants to get into fashion Mm -hmm. or anything that they love what would you tell them i would tell them it's just so important to believe in yourself it just that's so cliche but it's true so true and also just it's so important to also have like at least one person in your corner that no matter what the idea is like i have two friends that it don't matter how stupid the idea could be they're like, all right, cool. So how are you going to that? Like, right. what we have to do? Like, and they will like Google something and send me a link and be like, ah, cool. You know, like this is how we can figure it out. Like they're on my team. Yeah. No matter how big it is. And they're suggesting things. And honestly, even when they're not in my field or whatever, they just always hold a safe space for me because what I find is, and this as a friend I think you should also be very conscious of it's like when people share their ideas and their dreams with you like you don't have to be overly critical no you can just listen you can just listen and you can just say cool so how are you going to you know like not in a critical your role like, is not anal- necessary to fix it right yeah. your role is not to be like okay but you know like show all the problems so well how are you going to be able to feed yourself how are you going to like that is very scary guys and, this is creative well, rule 101 101 101 times 100 well friendship, actually I think it's just being rule. a friend in general I don't even think it's creative Based we have a fixed mentality in life, though. Many of us, you know, so you have to learn right. to become that person. So it's you know? just learning to, to just back keep the listen. space. Yeah. The person has an idea; they're excited. Don't support don't it. be a buzzkill. Yeah, you know, like because you really never know. Like never they know. might see like the plan straight in front of them, and there are just so many ideas that would have never. I mean. Can you imagine if I was saying to you, hey, I'm going to build an iPhone like right. 50 years and, and ago. Be like, oh, yeah, You'd be like a cell phone that like what has internet on it. Like, what is internet? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. You understand? Like, like, can you just imagine if somebody was just like suggested an idea to you or or even just hearing their idea and you're just killing it and then. A couple of years on the line, you see somebody else do this same exact thing yeah. that your friend had the idea. It stings, yeah. Yeah, but then you were you so did you hold a safe space for them to you know make their to mistakes it, and yeah. to share exactly to make their mistakes, allow them to allow because yeah. I mean on this them. on this journey you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but I feel as if especially having been like quote unquote you know a perfect student in university, I feel like I wish that I made more mistakes in university and I wasn't so hell-bent on like just acing everything and like you know because i feel as if there's power in making mistakes because you learn so much tons of power tons of power tell my listeners where they can find you website social media everything they can find me on so it's by so it's by asd that's ayana shade dixon so it's asd um dot net yeah that's my website you, it's actually an e-commerce website so you can shop online mm-hmm. and you can also find me on instagram as by.asd and yeah um that's, that's it pretty yeah. much it that's it that's well, it ayana Shade sure dixon i will add them in the show notes and i'll ensure that people see them it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you um i've learned so much more about you than i already knew 
you are driven by passion, by universal flow. You followed your gut. Wing You've it. taken opportunities. <laughs> You've won it. What's the past tense yes. of wing? <laughs> you winged it. Wong it. You winged it. I winged it. I winged and, it. I winged um, it. Your journey has been beautiful so far, and I'm sure you have very few regrets. Very few. Very I few. actually don't have. I feel like every single opportunity, whether it was a no, was still a great moment because it channeled me into like push me in a different direction. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish for you even greater things. You've inspired me actually, um, and um, thank you for being here and talking the truth. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. All right. Thanks, Ayana. So you just listened to episode number 23 with Ayana Shade Dixon, ASD. Check out her stuff, by ASD.net. She has really cool items. And as she said, e-commerce, you can buy online. What I'm going to do right now is ask you to do what I ask you to do every week, people. I want you to subscribe to the podcast. I want you to review the podcast on iTunes. I want you to share the link with friends. And I also want you to take screenshots of this podcast if there was anything in it that touched you and let the people on the gram on twitter wherever let them know how you felt about it tagging me at mario evan and also tagging at talk.truthja because we have a talk truth instagram page now and you know our website is talktruthja.com and you can also send us an email at talktruthja at gmail.com Wow, guys, it's been a wonderful journey. We thank Ayana for being here. And I always thank you for being here every week. Listening to Talk Truth, a place where your truth can become your power and set you free. See you guys next week. Look out for them truth bomb questions on IG story, both channels. Bless up. <laughs>